On today's episode of Yanks of the Cop, we cover the Reds' one nothing victory at Carroll Road over Norwich City, a sloppy result that saw Sadio Mane put us ahead and keep us unbeaten on the season. We look at Man City's two-year Champions League ban and cover a wide variety of transfer gossip while looking ahead to our clash against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League final. I'm your host, Stephen Scanlon, and I'm uh, alongside my brother and co-host, Andrew Scanlon. How are we doing today, Andrew? We're doing all right. We're, uh, we're still undefeated. We uh, didn't have the greatest game at Norwich. Um, we we're both at the Phoenix Landing in Cambridge, and it was a uh, pretty dull affair for the most part until Sadio came on and uh, saved us from, uh, from an utter draw with, with Norwich City. But they played well. They played well. I'll give it to them. Yep. Definitely hats off over to Norwich City. They came to play today. Um, it's one of the things that you and I love about Norwich City is that they always play their brand of soccer. And I think that's how you have to beat Liverpool. You know, you, you're not going to be able to beat them by sitting back. I think the way that you can, you know, expose them a little bit is putting them under pressure, seeing if you can have them make a turnover in their end. And I thought Norwich did a great job. You know, the first, the first half there, I know um, you and a lot of other people in the bar were a little bit nervous. Um, you know, Allison had to make a key save there um, Great save. In, in like the first 30 minutes. And I don't even think we had a shot on target. Um, so it was definitely concerning. Um, and I think the big thing for me was how bad Trent struggled, especially in the first half. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I think we were commenting this at the bar. He was he was just so poor in the first half. You know, he, his distribution is normally solid. Looks great going forward, looks confident. And while he did have that confidence and almost arrogance to a point, um, his distribution was just so off. He couldn't complete a pass. His defending was absolutely abysmal, I thought. Um, Cantwell was going at him. Pretty much anybody on their left side was was willing to take Trent on. Luckily, he had Joe Gomez behind him. But, no, I mean, I, I, I want to be a little concerned. But at the same time, we were off for, what, a week and a half? 10 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're in the – a lot of the players aren't really used to this type of break. Um, you know, you're in the thick of it at this point in the season. You have Champions League coming up. You're used to just constantly playing and playing and playing and getting that rhythm. But then you have a week and a half off this season, and it's like, okay, we need to uh, get the gears back in motion here. So hopefully I'm praying to God that they can do that against Atletico because that side is going to be much more organized than Norwich. But we'll, we'll get into that a little later. Yeah, we will. But, you know, with Trent, you know, I am a little bit concerned for a couple of reasons. Number one, he wasn't really playing that well going into the break. No, the last like two, three, four games, he was a little bit sloppy in his distribution and was getting beat a little bit. Um, So I thought that having this rest was actually going to be really good for him. I thought he was going to have some fresh legs. And, you know, he definitely did look to get forward and get, uh, uh, you know, involved in the attack like he always does. But, Again, he just seemed to be a little bit off. Maybe it's the rust from a couple of weeks, but I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on going forward for the next couple of weeks here is can Trent snap out of this and get, you know, start being the player that we know he can be. Yeah, I mean, the, the sirens aren't really going off for me yet. I'm not, I'm not that concerned. Yeah, I mean, we, I remember I was talking about Robertson a few weeks back and I thought he's kind of, kind of uh, reestablished himself pretty well. But, I mean, hey, we, we still kept the clean sheet against these guys all said and done. So, I mean, I'm happy overall. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing for me about this game, too, was this was really the first time that we were healthy all year. Um, I think this was the the first time that we've had all of our defensive options um, available to us. And, 
if you look at our roster and who was on the bench, no Minamino. And I think that just goes to show that when we are a healthy team, you know, we're pretty deep and there's going to be guys who get left out. Yeah, and just think when, like, Shakiri comes back. I mean, is he going to throw Shakiri on the bench or is he going to have to earn his spot? But, yeah, like you said, no Minamino. And another one that I noticed right off the bat was no Joel Matip. Um, mm. Usually he – I mean, to start the season, he, I believe – or I think Goma started the season, didn't he? And then he got hurt and then Matip came in. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he won the Champions League final, basically. He got that assist to Origi, which was great. He was playing phenomenally well last year. You know, he had that huge injury this year. He's coming back, and now Lovren's ahead of him. So, it's just like that constant competition that we're starting to see, and you're starting to notice that we're establishing a lot of depth in this side, which is exactly what you want when you're, you know, about to win the title and you want to continue that trajectory going forward. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And when you look at the starting lineup, were you surprised by anything? Because, um, you know, I was expecting a little bit more of a rotation when, you know, with Alfredo coming up on Tuesday. So I was not surprised to see Ox starting there on their wing. I knew he was going to get in there. And I thought that uh, Kaito was as well. But I did think that this was going to be a really good opportunity to give Henderson a little bit more rest because we're going to be relying on him a lot more going forward. Yeah, no, I mean, you got to remember, they did just come off that break, though. So, I mean, that was a pretty long rest for a lot of these guys. Um, I think if it was, if there was no break, we would have seen a lot more rotation. But I think Klopp, he, noted, he agrees with, with us, saying that they need to get the gears going again. So, he's just going to put them right in the, right in the mix of things. Um, I wasn't surprised that we didn't see Mane. You know, he's just coming back from an injury. He was rightfully slotted on the bench to start this game. Um, I was a little surprised, no Fabinho. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I thought he might have deserved to start in this one, try to get him back into the swing of things. But uh, Milner, again, same thing with Mane. They both came on as substitutes. But, um, no, I mean, overall, I thought it was the right choice for Klopp. But, um, but yeah. So that's the – I'm happy you brought up Fabinho because that was one thing I wanted to um, comment on before we get into the player ratings here. But – at the beginning of the year, you know, he was seen as the key piece to our center midfield. And when he went down, a lot of people were concerned, you know, having Henderson, who had been playing the box-to-box role so well, going back into that defensive center mid spot where he was kind of questionable at times. And that's when he was kind of getting a lot of criticism for his passing. Um, so do you think that he's going to start playing now more consistently, Fabinho? Do you think he, uh, Klopp's now going to slide him in now that he's healthy? Or do you think he's going to make him earn a spot back kind of very similar to Joe Gomez? Because we're not really broken right now without him. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I think I think it depends on the side that we're playing. Um, counterattacking team like Atletico, I don't know. I mean, maybe you just go with the engine of, of Henderson. I mean, he's been playing so well in that role. You don't want to mix things up. But, um, I mean, throwing Fabinho in now might be a little difficult. But then, I don't know, when he came on in this game against Norwich, right when he came on, the game changed. I mean, I know Mane came on as well, but Fabinho seemed to be uh, pushing the tempo a lot more, you know, looking for that diagonal ball a lot more. Um, So I thought he had an immediate impact. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a tough call. And clearly uh, this is only a good thing for, for us. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be something kind of just to keep your eye on, see see what he does there, because he has been Klopp has been known to when guys come back, like, hey, you got to earn your spot back, and that's not going to just give it to you. So yeah, I'll be I'll be really really interested to see how the lineup is uh, against Atletico at Atletico because I'm expecting well, we're going to get into this later, but I'm expecting a low block counterattacking team, and um, 
I don't know if you go with Fabinho there. I think they, I think you might stick with Henderson, Genie, and maybe even Oxlade Chamberlain. I don't know. He might even go with Milner, dude. Like that was that was his recipe for mi- uh, for midfielder uh, lineup in the past like two seasons: Genie, Henderson, and Milner. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but let's let's dive into the player ratings here. Um, I'll kick it off and just do my you know goalie back line, and I'll I'll kick it over to you. But cool. for me, I'm giving Allison a nine. He's actually my player of the match. I thought um, that he that he played great, had great distribution, had a couple key saves there. Obviously, in the first half, uh, super solid. Not much more you could have asked from from him. Um, Trent, on the other hand, he was probably my low performer um, of the game. You already kind of talked about how he struggled. He got a six for me. Uh, probably should be even lower to like a five, but you know, since we got the W, I'll be I'll be nice to him. Uh, the center back partnership and Robertson, I'm giving them all sevens. Um, again, they really were only caught out once, and that was in the first half with the the, the ball over the top that led to Allison making that good save. Um, I think that guy was. I think he was offside. He might have been slightly. They, they off. might have. They might have called that back. But yeah, no, I agree with you. But other than that, I thought they were they were sound. Pookie didn't really have uh, much options. And then, um, you know, Cantwell was only beating Trent. And once he got into the midfield, uh, once he got into the center of the park, wasn't doing much. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you for the most part. My numbers are a little different. Um, I gave Allison an eight. I think that uh, obviously he saved a, a goal scoring opportunity with that unbelievable play. Um, other than that, though, I, I don't remember him having too, too much to do. Um, I mean, I know that one that hit off the post, I think it was. It looked like a cross for me, but. A lot of people were saying that Norwich fan next to us said it was a shot. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I thought I thought he played really well. Gave him an eight. I thought Trent. I agree. Um, like I said earlier, his distribution was incredibly poor. Minus, well, he did have that one incredible ball at the uh, end of the second half. It was. Oh, uh, yeah. I think he like slotted it to Firmino, and Firmino just completely missed the net. I don't know yeah. how, but mm-hmm. that thing had so much pace on it. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he was really poor defensively, so I gave him a five, like first five of the year for him. I thought he was, I thought he was just the worst player on Liverpool. Um, Gomez and Van Dyke, I both gave sevens. Since Gomez has come back into the team, nine clean sheets in the Premier League. That's like unbelievable. Oh yeah, I mean, I th- I just think that I no disrespect to Matip. Matip's a great partner for Van Dyke too. I mean, you can't pr- pretty much put anybody there, but yeah. I just think that the pace of Gomez matches Van Dyke so well. Um, oh, and, yeah. and, I mean, Van Dyke's fast too, but I just think having that extra cover, especially for a guy like Trent on that side, is just what Liverpool needs. Yeah, and people and people forget how young Gomez is. I think he's like 22, 23, something like that. So we have a if, – if we play our cards right, we have a lot of time with this guy. He's getting some solid experience right now, especially with Van Dyke. So mm-hmm. this could be a partnership for years. But I gave him and Van Dyke both sevens. Um <laughs> It kind of feels cruel to give Van Dyke a seven or any pretty much anything under an eight, just because he's so good that when he like isn't he's not doing much, you're just like, okay, was he really in the game? Like it, it's just like so strange to have to give him a seven, but um, he his positioning is just so superior to everybody else's that that's why he's uh, able to basically. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Hey, calm as you like. That's all you got to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah. But uh, – and then Robertson, same thing. I gave him a seven. I don't think he really put a foot wrong. Um, he didn't dazzle me by any, by any means, but uh, I thought he played well overall. Yep, agreed. So, getting into the midfield three, I was pumped to see Nabi Keita in there. Um, he's getting a seven for me. I thought yep. – 
he he there was times when he kind of disappeared a little bit, but for the most part, he was getting involved. He was he was running all over the place. He had a good motor. Played a couple creative balls, you know, th- through to our front three. So a good game for him to get back into it, and I think we'll start seeing a little bit more of him now going forward with the Champions League. Uh, you know, back to you. we'll probably see him a lot more in the prem. Genie uh, yep. G- Wijnaldum, I'm g- I'm gonna give a six to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that this was another one of those games where Genie is either invisible and you don't really no- notice he's on the field, or he plays extremely well. And this was the former this time. You know, he I didn't really remember him making any great plays or anything like that. He was obviously hustling, but. Again, just kind of a pedestrian performance out of him, so I'll give him a six. Um, Henderson, I'm going to give him an eight. I almost made him my uh, my, my man of the match because I thought he absolutely dominated the midfield, really took control, uh, distributed very well, and, yeah, he really kept us um, in the game in the first half. Yeah, so I'm, um, again, basically in agreement. Um, gave Keita a seven. I thought he was effective. You know, he's pushing the ball, pushing the tempo. Um, he's great defensively as well, you know, constantly pressuring that midfield. Um, and he always has a little trick in him. He always has like mm-hmm. that little swag that, little <laughs> that he's able yep. to get by a defender. I absolutely love that. Uh, so I gave him a seven again, Genie. Yeah. Just kind of disappeared in this one. Um, like you said, he was basically invisible. I gave him a six. I thought, I mean, I pretty much agree with exactly that you said, uh, you can kind of be one of those guys who just disappears on the pitch and you don't even notice. I think even at the bar, I was like, I haven't mentioned Jeannie's name or even the announcer. Yep. The announcer hasn't mentioned Jeannie's name uh, since the game started, it seems like. But um, Henderson, for me, my man of the match, captain's performance, I gave him a nine. Um, he played both the six and the eight in this game. And it was when he moved to the eight. Yeah, I know Fabinho came in. I thought he made an immediate impact. But when Henderson moved to the eight position, um, that's when the game really changed. And I don't think there's many midfielders out there that could do that. I mean, if you look at Chelsea of Jorginho, could he go from a six to an eight? I don't think he'd be as effective as an eight. Look at Rodri at, um, at City. Could he go from a six to an eight? I don't know. I don't know if he could. So, I mean, this guy, he's there are better midfielders than him, obviously. But I think there's so many reasons why, and this is one of them, he's uh, being nominated for uh, player of the year. And um, – one thing I did notice here, so he had he has two goals and four assists in the last four games in the Premier League, Damn. which is like very unhendo like. So no, he's only he's only so. starting to play better and better with each passing game. It seems like, and uh, we're gonna need him. We're gonna need him on Tuesday. Can cannot agree more. Um, I I don't think he's gonna be player of the season, but he may be Liverpool's player of the season. That's for sure. Um, that's what I think they should do. I think they should like maybe Mane gets Premier League player of the year, although. In past in recent seasons, the second place team has gotten Premier League Player of the Season. So, uh, if that trajectory con- continues, it might be Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, and this thing get a point reduction, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's let's round it out with the front three. Um, for the mm-hmm. most part, I thought they were just you know pretty okay. Um, I, I'm getting Firmino and A. I thought he was I thought he was masterclass again. Really controlled the ball up top. Cheeky, cheeky play, the no look pass. I think that oh, way, you know, he put that through to Genie. Oh man, oh. that was so beautiful. And Genie had that scissor move too. If, that defender, that was great defending by that guy. Because mm-hmm. if he had that, he was in on goal. He got passed. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And the thing that is really funny about Firmino is there was times in this game where he was all the way back with Van Dyke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was, he was working his tail off. He was receiving the ball from, from Robertson, like 10 yards ahead of Van Dyke sometimes. And you were like, 
Steven, look look how deep Firmino was. Yeah. They were talking to you. Like, it's crazy. We had the guy... ball and he was at like midfield. It was it was strange. That's... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like, love it, it though. I love it. No, it's clear that anytime one of the midfielders get the ball, the objective is immediately just find one of the front three. It's it's now clearly becoming Firmino as the guy getting deeper and deeper just so he, he can get the ball and be our distributor. So I thought he was great. I'm giving him an eight. And then, you know, Salah and Ox, Salah drew a lot of attention. Um, but again, you got to take the go with the bat with him when, he, when he's not scoring and he's trying to find it. Sometimes it can get a little sloppy. I think it did today. But again, I'm not going to criticize him for it because this, you know, he needs to be selfish like that. Uh, I'm going to give him a six. I'm giving Ox a six. I just think, again, they they didn't really wow like wow me, but they didn't do anything to hurt us. Yeah, no, I agree. I, so I was actually pretty generous with Salah and Ox. I gave them both sevens. But uh, I thought Ox, another another game where he just kind of went out and did his job. I thought he did a, you know, he did a fine job. I don't think he made many mistakes. Uh, but again, we weren't really impressed with him. Salah, he's like a constant conundrum, right? He's uh He's, for me, he always, like you said, he always dictates uh, the pace of the front three. He always draws a lot of attention. Um, but then I noticed him recently that I feel like his mind moves faster than his body sometimes. He's like, oh, my God, there's Bobby. I need to pass to him. And like, he tries to get a touch, and the touch will get away from him, you know? So mm-hmm. I think sometimes he just needs to keep it simple. Um, just shoot the ball if you have to, man. Like, you have a great shot. You never know what's going to happen. Shoot the ball. Just keep mm-hmm. your head up. Um, so for him, I gave him a seven, but I thought Firmino, for me, he was almost player of the game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he was the most threatening up top, I gave him an eight. And, oh, okay. and imagine if that, imagine if that touch went off, that oh over the top god. ball. The oh my right god! I you know, kind of flicked it and almost tried to bury it on the volley. Unbelievable, off, dude! That Unbelievable. Everyone in yeah. the bar was freaking out. Like I've never seen people freak out over like a not even like a chance, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that was yeah. that was absolutely incredible. If you pulled that off, he's a he's a magician right now. Yeah. Um, we did use all three of our subs, so we had Milner come on for Keita in the eighty fifth. Obviously, didn't get enough playing time, you know, to uh, to get a rating here. But Fabinho and Mane both came on in the sixtieth minute. Um, Fabinho on for Genie, Mane on for Ox, and I think just like you said, they they did both change the game. Well, the game completely changed when they came in. Um, it was right around this time when everyone was, was like, okay, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. I'm starting to get a little nervous. But, you know, with this Liverpool team, I don't really start getting nervous until, like, the 85th minute at this point because I'm just like, we're, we're going to find one. And you could just tell the moment Mane stepped on stepped on the field, he was he wanted to be the guy to find it. And sure enough, he was. I'm giving him an eight. I thought he played yep. absolutely out of his mind when he came on. Fabinho, for me, got a seven. Um, bossed, you know, uh, that center midfield when he came on and really shut down all the momentum that Norwich had. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I thought, um, I mean, kudos to, to Klopp as well. I mean, those, he made two changes at the same time. Mane and Fabinho came on for, uh, who was it, for Ox and Genie. Um, no, I thought, I thought they were very effective. I already gave my piece on Fabinho. He was a seven for me as well. But right when Mane came on, it was like you really noticed – you really notice his impact right away. Like he made us, I think he was directly involved right when he came onto the pitch because he like sprinted down the end line or sprinted to the corner and he just outpaced everybody. Mm-hmm. That guy is an absolute gazelle. It's like, he has the afterburners on it. It's, it's game over. You can't, you can't catch him. But uh, no, I, I'm glad he got his goal. Um, I, I wouldn't have been a, um, too, uh, I wouldn't have objected from like a foul being called on that just because it, was a slight push, but I'm glad we got away with it. 
Yeah, I, I think in, in that circumstance, it's the call on the field stands. You know what I mean? It's just two, like, 50 yeah, You're not going to review that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's a tough one to overturn. So, I think if they if they called a foul on it and then it went to VAR, they still would have kept it a foul. So, yeah. Um, but that kind of wraps the game. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was some more of the summer business. Um, sure. You know, continued being linked to Timo, uh, Timo Werner. I hope it happens, but – one new wrinkle that came out is that his release clause, I think, expires in April. So if they want to trigger that, you know, that cheaper release clause that they have, they gotta have to make, um, you know, a business decision pretty soon if they want to move forward or not. But I think we can both decide that he'd be a perfect fit for us. Um, that being said, I think if we do bring him in, we still need to bring in one more attacking player to fill in on the wings. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Timo Warner's coming. He's coming to Liverpool. Um, I know Bayern are still monitoring the situation, but. Uh... Liverpool is going to pull a trigger. Michael Edwards, he's going to get the job done. He always does. Yeah, 48 million pounds release clause. Was it April or May? I, I forget what when it was, but um, I think this is the best deal out there right now. I know everybody wants uh, everybody wants Sancho. Like, he's the big headliner. But the way Liverpool do their business, the way FSG does their business, um, I don't think they're really going to spend over 100 million pounds. Uh, the one time they did was with Allison and Van Dyke, and we sanctioned that with the Coutinho money. So um, I don't I don't think that one fits uh, Liverpool's policy. I think Sancho is the perfect deal. He can play anywhere up up front with the front three, you know, filling those guys in, um, giving those guys much needed rest as well. People forget that those guys play like every single minute of every single game. So now that they're getting older, you know, injuries might flare up more often. So having a guy like Werner, who I think is like 24. Yeah, he's still young. He's still young, uh, and he has the Jets as well. That guy can absolutely mm-hmm. outpace anybody in the Prem. So um, I think it'll it'll be perfect for us. But um, I agree. I think we would need maybe one more attacking forward. Um, but I think Minamino, Minamino also fits that fits that role as well. Yeah, he does. And I think a guy like Minamino will probably play in the beginning of next season and then over the AFCON. But he, he's not going to be a guy that gets a ton of time. But – um, somebody else that we were connected to that would actually fill in this other spot we're speaking of is Cantwell himself that we uh, that we just played against in Norwich. Um, there's rumors that we're looking at him. It'd be around 30 million pound transfer to bring him mm. in. Uh, another young player. He definitely showed his value um, going up against Trent uh, this past week and really putting in a good performance. Personally, I would love it. I think he would, he would really fit in with what we're trying to do. I think a young guy that'd be willing to have a squad bench role. Um, so I think that would be a great move for us. Yeah. I mean, this is, this just came in today, right? So I think, uh, James Pearson from the athletic might've, might've came up with that one, but, uh, just thinking about it now, I wasn't sure how he would really fit. I know he's, I think he's 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So obviously he's super, super young. He's had a great year in the prem. He's, I think he's a premier league player for sure. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we did just purchase a player who's very much like him with Minamino. Um, but Cantwell, if he's, yeah, if he's fine with that bench role, maybe he can play up top. Maybe he can play, you know, the 10 or the eight. Um, there's clearly a lot of different options there, but what this, what that interest would be more telling to me about is that means Harry Wilson's gone. Marco Grujic is gone. Uh, Shakiri's gone. Lalan is gone. You know, this guy could pretty much fill all those slots. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I completely agree. Sorry, my, my phone just cut out there for a second. But, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, but it's something interesting to look at. And the one thing that always 
I always get nervous about when I see Liverpool being linked to different players is that, especially like the last couple couple of years, we've always gotten somebody that we weren't really being spoken to, being connected to. Like even when we when we did bring in Van Dyke, it was, you know, we the deal was off, and then all of a sudden, yeah. last second, we, we we you know we kind of pulled that back in. Same exact thing with Allison. It was like, oh, the deal's off. He's, he's too yeah. too Fabinho. costly for us. Fabinho, we didn't even we had no idea no. that we even you were speaking to. And same thing with Minamino. So yeah. that's the only thing that kind of I kind of have a question mark, and it's one of those things that I'm not going to believe it until I actually see the player lift the shirt and. And, um, you know, have the interview. So, yeah. I mean, I like Cantwell. I think he's a great player, obviously. But I don't know if – because I like him, I don't know if Liverpool would be the best fit for him. I'd rather him go to, like, a Crystal Palace or, like, a Brighton. You know, one of those, like, mid-table teams, Newcastle, um, where he can, like, make the starting 11 every single game and have an impact on the field. True. No, but he is young. Like, I, like, like we said, he is young. He is a – uh, I mean, if he came and played under club, I'm sure he'd get a lot better too. No, definitely, definitely. But um, before we start talking about our own, uh, former Red Coutinho has been linked oh, for God. a possible reunion with us. I know I don't want him back here, but what are your thoughts on that situation? Uh, there seems to pop up like almost uh, every six months now. But listen, I, I've – always loved Phil. I always will, always loved him. He was a great player in the red shirt, but um, I don't think that we'll buy him for the fee that he's likely going to pull unless Barcelona are like going to offer him up for maybe 40 to 50 million. There's also, there's a reason, there's clearly a reason nobody wants him at the moment. Unfortunately, I think that Phil is just, that Barcelona move was the worst thing he could have ever done. He lost all of his confidence. I, I know he started the season off decently well at Bayern, but it seems like he's gone back to the bench and they don't want to renew his contract um, or even full on purchase him from Barcelona. So he's in purgatory, man. He's, uh, he's not going to pull a Terminator. He's not coming back. He's not coming back to Liverpool. Um, yeah. I just think the way that the team works now with the midfielder role, it's way more demanding. And when Klopp first came into the team, he uh, basically the team revolved around Phil you know, we always played to his strengths. And now I think if he tried to come into the team, he would likely have to be pushed over to a winger position, which I don't think is his best position. So I don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, maybe he should go to like Italy or something, go to AC Milan, maybe go back to Inter. I, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy, but this was his doing. No, no, I agree. I think that is going to be his move too, is going back to Italy. Um Kids, hey, that's where all the Premier League rejects go and they revive their career. So, you know, he could probably do yeah, the same thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Ashley Young, <laughs> Alexis Sanchez, Romeo Lukaku. Yep, no, but exactly. like, even when we played Barcelona in the Champions League last year, every time he put the ball wrong or put, the, put a foot wrong, those Barcelona fans were all over his ass. Oh, yeah. You know, he just, mm-hmm. he, and he doesn't do well to a reception like that. No, so, he does not. He can't go back to Barcelona. He needs to figure it out. I don't know where it's going to be, but. God help um, him. <laughs> yeah, God help him indeed. But um, that's two things with current Liverpool players I wanted to touch on. Genie Wijnaldum, uh, his contract's running up. Uh, when he was asked about it, he was, you know, he was pretty mumbling the whole situation and saying he was focusing on this season and, you know, he'll worry about the other stuff later. Personally, I would love to, if we could bring him back on like a two-year, you know, I would love to do that. I think he, I think he fits in well with this, with this team. He knows what his role is. And um, just his general, this morale, and just a really good guy to have around. So I think he, I, I would love to have him back, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does leave. 
How old is Genie? 30? Yeah, he's like 28, 29, 29. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this contract is going to get done no matter what. Um, He's a big fan of Klopp. Klopp's a big fan of him. And I honestly think that Genie could be like the next James Milner. That's just, I mean, he has similar body type, you know. I think he's 5'8, 5'. No, he's probably like 5'9, 5'10. But um, this guy could have a decently long career. I think he could probably play until he's like 34, 35. He doesn't do anything flashy in the midfield. The guy just runs his ass off. So mm-hmm. I think both – I've only read that both parties want to get the job done. I'm sure it's just down to the nitty-gritty details, probably how long the contract's going to be or, you know, certain clauses, that kind of thing. So I think the, I think it gets done, no problem. Yeah, I think so too, and I, I hope it does. I'd love to see him uh, stay in the red jersey. But the last person I wanted to touch on before, um, you know, we move on here is Marco Grujic. So – We'll get into the point of his time with Liverpool that we need to make a decision. Is this guy – do we want to take a risk on this guy and be, have him be a squad player and try to, you know, get involved with the first team? Or are we going to sell him off and, and let him, you know, continue his career somewhere else? He – he's a tall player. He, he plays yeah. in the same position as Fabinho. He kind of gives you something that not um, a lot of other teams have. Yep. And he's having a pretty good year for Hertha Berlin. So I think Klopp's going to be in an interesting position, especially with Adam Alana leaving, probably, you know, Shakiri leaving. We're going to have a couple open spots on this team at the bottom of our roster. Do you think Grujic is going to earn that spot this, uh, this coming year? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I think he, I think it depends on the situation once the season's over. Uh, if Hertha Berlin or one of those teams in the Bundesliga want to sign him, I think that will have to probably get done before preseason. If that's not the case, I think Gruic deserves at least a shot during preseason. Um, I know he's been – I mean, maybe his maybe his, his loyalties don't lie to Liverpool anymore. I mean, he was Klopp's first signing. So, clearly, we saw something in him that we really liked. Clearly, he's been playing decently well over in the Bundesliga. I think he only has three goals, one assist, though. But um, – no, I mean, I think he he deserves a shot with the team, with the first team in preseason. If things don't look right or if it doesn't fit, then sell him. I think we can get, uh, what is it, 25 to 30 million for him, I've read. So that wouldn't be a bad little bundle for someone we bought for, I think it was like five to eight million. So right. yeah, yeah. we'll see. That, this yeah. is one that's like definitely up in the air. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's going to be a ton of kind of summer storylines with a lot of those fringe players, whether it's Gruyich, Harry Wilson, you know, those guys to see keep an eye on that situation, especially early on in the preseason. But yeah. uh, one exciting, uh, exciting piece of news that came out last week is, um, you know, FSG officially made the announcement that they are going to make the another uh, expansion on Anfield. This time it's going to be on the Anfield road and, um, I think they're going to be adding – I think they ended up being 7,000 seats um, yeah, on the uh, infield road end and yeah. uh, a complete makeup of the entire, like, outside of that area. The pictures look really good. Um, and, again, just m- more seats for Liverpool and just another way to make the experience there even harder for the away opposition. Yeah, I feel like FSG is literally doing the same exact thing they did at Fenway. Yep. They know it's an iconic ground. They're like, yeah, we got to keep this thing up and running. How the hell are we going to do this? Let's add more seats. <laughs> and the pictures look phenomenal. I know that there was a concern. I thought I read in the athletic that there was a concern um, that there, there wasn't traffic uh, able to go through in the original design. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they did add a, a little section of road for cars to travel on and uh, pedestrians to walk on. So 
that's really cool. Um, it looks fucking dope, dude. The stadium is going to be off the hook with 7,000 more people in there. <laughs> oh, my it's God. Gonna be great. Yeah, it's going to take it over 61,000 in total capacity. So that's going to be um, incredibly rowdy on a European night. I expect that this won't be the last one either. I bet that they'll do that one. I'm not sure what the name of the stand is, but the last one, not the cop ends, but the other one. Um, I think they'll have those three redone and then probably keep the cop end the same to have that kind of still is be iconic. Stand? I think yeah, stand. maybe. maybe yeah. I don't know. So and I, I think they're going to try and push to be closer to you know 70,000 total. You know, I think that's the number that they want to try and get to. That would be wild. What's what's Old Trafford? Old Trafford's what, 75,000? Okay. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around 75. I don't know yep. what Stamford Bridge is or the uh, the had, but no, I mean, that would only be good for that would only be good for Liverpool fans. Maybe we could finally catch a game, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? So that should be kicking off this summer, and they're hoping to have it done by 2022, I think. So it should be um, hopefully a pretty uh, quick turnaround to get that done. Yeah, it'll take some time. But the major news of the week that shook shockwaves throughout all of football Twitter, the football universe, Man City has been hit, and they have been hit hard. You wait for us come down a two-year Champions League and European football ban along with a 30 million pound fine for violating FFP rules. And I think I can speak for everybody. Justice has been served. Justice on three. (laughs) Dude, that's so good. Ban City. That's their new nickname. Ban City. Tell everybody you know. What I think is interesting about this one is that Liverpool might win two Premier League titles this year. Mm. Depending on what the Premier League does, because these rulings or these uh, these uh, allegations have basically been going on, or they date back to 2012, I thought, or 2014. And as we know, Liverpool lost the title to City in 2014, unfortunately. Um, no, this is this is unbelievable. So just getting into it. Uh, I'm going to read a little little excerpt here. So City stand accused not only of exceeding the maximum losses allowed under UEFA's FFP regulations, but of trying to beat the system by, quote, overstating sponsorship revenue and according to UEFA's adjudicary chamber, failing to cooperate in the investigation of their case. Um, I've read some of these emails. They are out there and City's hierarchy just sounds so fucking arrogant they're like one guy voices concerned about the sponsorship deal and how they're overstating blah 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 and one guy just goes hey we'll take care of it no big deal it's not a big deal at all we'll get away with it that's basically what he said so they clearly thought they were so above everybody else they thought mm-hmm. they were above ffp and i'm so stoked that they finally cracked the whip on these assholes because they have a fucking billion dollar squad a billion dollar squad Mm-hmm. And we're expected to – we're 25 points ahead of them. So go fuck yourself. No, it's absolutely – it's absolutely incredible, um, especially to see, like, what, you know, what Liverpool's doing when you're going up against a team like this. But, you know, ultimately for everyone out there, they – like Andrew kind of said, they ultimately just failed an audit really, really, really badly. <laughs> you know, um, and the, what Andrew's kind of getting at is – the Premier League, it, there's been rumored that they may be docking points from prior championships. So that could be one. The two, uh, I think it's the 2013-2014 season. But what about even last year? Liverpool lost by one point. Right. Yeah, so I guess you could win three titles. But no, so yeah, we're, we're still waiting to hear from the Premier League to give their verdict on the whole situation. I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence 
Um, but no, UEFA's, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Man City is going to appeal this. I don't know if two years of a ban from uh, Champions League football will be the final verdict. I think it might be like one year, mm-hmm. um, which I would still take, obviously, because <laughs> fuck them. Oh, yeah. But, um, but no, I, and when it comes to players leaving, I did see on uh, Twitter today that Pep Guardiola and Raheem Sterling both said that they were going to stay. Uh, they said, you know, it's not, we got to prove that it's uh, about the talent. It's not about money, blah, blah, blah. Go fuck yourselves, dude. You guys, you guys are run by a state oil company. You're run by Saudi Arabia, basically. You have a billion dollar squad. Like, this is what you deserve. I mean, I would, what I would love to see, I mean, if they want to take championships away and stuff like that, cool, fine. Like, you know, go ahead and do that. What I would love to see them do is be like, the punishment from the Premier League is that you have to right size your books. So you got to go sell X amount of dollars to get to get back to where you should be. You know, what I mean, because that, that could add up to be like yeah. four four hundred million dollars, four hundred million pounds. And there goes some of their best players who they never probably should have had in the first place. Right. And I'm wondering, I mean, I don't know the exact situation, how um, UEFA like found out maybe how long they were doing this or if this is just one situation. But if they, I mean, they've clearly been doing this for years, you know, that's how they've been getting away with all this shit. So, no, I mean, we, we still, the UA, or Man City is coming up with you know, like 50 lawyers or, you know, 40 lawyers, something like that, to go to these trials. And uh, they're going to fight this to the very end. I mean, their, their reputation is very tarnished right now. Um, one thing that I would say is, A, either do a points deduction for the Premier League or just put an asterisk next yep. to their title. And oh write, yeah, t- and write tainted title because they all <laughs> are tainted. Oh yeah, and uh, I think my favorite thing I saw come out of all of this is that somebody shared an article I think from like BBC News or something that said uh, the city of Manchester hopes to be plastic free by the end of 2020, and uh, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna really really help do that get all those plastic That's bands fantastic. out of the city. Fantastic! <laughs> that so, is so I thought that was great. I was like, oh, this is going to help get all that plastic trash out of there. No, Band City, baby. Band City. Yep. So that made our entire week. I know we all got excited. I definitely cracked a beard of that. But um, to wrap up the episode, I really want to look ahead to this game against, against Atletico because they're such an interesting team. And now they're in the knockout stages. I think this first leg is going to be very interesting because Atletico is known for being unbelievably defensively like they're so good defensively and their entire style is that counterattack kind of style while Felix turns out he's not going to play uh, says that uh, he's still yep. suffering from an illness so he's not gonna he's not gonna yeah, be making the, the team but even if he was gonna play he really hasn't been living up to the expectation so far at, at uh, mm-hmm. Atletico and I think yep. it's mainly because he hasn't had the freedom to be the player he wants because he has to focus so much defensively yeah, <laughs> when it comes to Jao Felix, I feel bad for him because he, he lit up the Portuguese league. Was it the Portuguese league, or was it was it Monaco? I, I forget who he played with beforehand. But mm-hmm. anyway, he was like everybody was saying how he's a generational talent. The next Cristiano Ronaldo, and then he goes to Atletico Madrid, a very structured side, a very disciplined side, a very defensive side. Probably the worst move he could have made. I yeah, know he got a boatload of money. Uh, they spent a boatload of money on him, but uh, clearly it's not working out. So, no, I agree with you. I mean, dude, the kid has, like, no mass to him. He probably weighs, like, 100 pounds soaking wet. 
you know, like I could push that kid off the ball by just blowing on him. You know, <laughs> so it's just like I, I think it's just a bad move on his part. Um, it, it doesn't help when your uh, your your forward partner is Alvaro Morata, who's just absolute trash. So <laughs> clearly yeah. he wasn't uh, he wasn't being helped too much. Well, that's the thing too is that they also have Thomas Lamar on that team, don't they? And he hasn't done anything since his transfer there either. Yeah, he's he's overrated. Yeah, so I mean, I think the one guy in this team that that concerns me isn't even a field player. It's it's Old Black and that. I mean, he we were linked to him when we were looking at Allison. He's, yeah, he's definitely he's, you know he's he's, he's one of the top five goalies in the world. And I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough to score on these guys, especially especially on the road there. And if you know Old Black comes to play and is on his best day, you know we're going to need to have six, seven, eight shots on net. I think to get by him. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we're, I know we're going to see is we're going to see a low block against them. They're going to pretty much probably line up the same way Norris did, only much more organized and with much better quality in the back. And they're just going to strictly try to counterattack us. Um, they might even um, front load onto Trent's side. They might, try, they might notice that um, lack of defensive prowess and try to attack him. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be – that would be very expected, I think, going forward in this game. But one thing to mention in La Liga, they've only scored 25 goals, mm-hmm. which I think is the lowest in the top 10 of La Liga. So these guys, like I, like we said, they're just purely defensive. Um, they're going to be at home, and that must, that's going to be such a boring game to watch, to be honest. I, I mean, if we get out of there with a one nothing win, I'll be happy. Well, that's the thing that I, that's the thing that is for me is the most interesting thing about this game because Atletico has trouble scoring. I feel like they almost have to go for it at home because if they go, if they don't score a goal here and it's a zero, zero draw or it's, you know, one, nothing Liverpool going to Anfield, like, are they going to have the confidence to be able to score a goal at Anfield? Like, I don't think so. So I think they almost have to, if they're going to do the low block, fine. But I think they can only do that for 60 minutes and then they have to try to go for it because I think they do need a goal. Yeah, my, my only concern on this team is uh, Diego Costa. I don't know if he's currently playing. I haven't seen him as like a top goal scorer. So their their top goal scorer is Alvaro Morata with seven goals. Mm. Um, so I don't know what the deal with Costa is. I haven't looked into it too much. I'm not sure if he is injured or Simeone just isn't playing him or maybe he's just having a bad year. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but they're fourth in La Liga. I mean – on paper, this looks like we should win it, but uh, we know how dangerous that they can be. So um, it'll be an intriguing game of football. It's going to be like a chess match, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Diego Costa is coming back from an injury. Um, so he actually, is he going to play? He's, they said he's training ahead of the game, so he's, he's hoping to play. So we'll, we'll see. But they should, have announced their, they should have announced their roster because Liverpool just announced theirs for the game. So they should be announcing who's gone oh, and who's not. Imagine that against uh, Diego against Van Dyke. Oh, my God. I need that. Yeah. He, he, first, That's he, one of the first... best gifts of all time, by the way, is when Diego Costa runs up into Jordan Henderson's face. And Jordan Henderson just like lifts his chin up and just kind of stares at him, and yeah. just like slowly <laughs> walks away. Yeah. That's my favorite gift of all time. That's a good one. And then anytime when um, Robertson just starts laughing in somebody's face, those are my two. Those are my two favorites because Robertson oh, yeah. always just pisses people off and just starts laughing at him. So, um, but overall, what's your prediction? What are you What are you going with? Yeah, the Atletico game. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say two nothing Liverpool. I think we, uh, I think we keep the clean sheet. 
I think we get a one nothing goal maybe end of the first half, beginning of the second half, and then they try to come out a little bit and uh, we just punish them. I love it. I love that. I'm going to go one nothing win. I think um, it's going to be tough for us to break them down, but I think Salah is going to find a beauty at some point in this game. So I'm going to take Liverpool one to nothing. I'd love to see that. Um, but that that wraps the episode of Yanks of the Cop. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Andrew, any last words before we let these people go? No, I would just say uh, up the Reds, you know, big game big game tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Jesus, yep. It's tomorrow. tomorrow. Wow. Okay, so yeah, yep. big game in like 24 hours. And uh, we're going back home to Madrid because we won the title there. That's basically our home. So uh, let's right. make it ours. Damn right. And uh, please give us five stars. You know we deserve it. Five stars. Connect with us on Insta- uh, on, on Twitter. I am at, at side, and he's uh, at the top four, I believe. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, please say what's up. Uh, we'd love to have you on a future episode, but up the Reds and have a great day, everybody. Peace.